0: they can't go on Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 31st of January 2013. Newcomers, as always, I suggest you make good use of the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Lots of audios to download where you can start to understand the big system, not just the fallouts, all the side effects of the big system, what it's up to, but what's behind it, why it's there, what is the big system, and how long has it been in operation, what's all of its intentions, and where are we going with it right now? Because really, it's all one system that was designed a long time ago that's causing all of the upset. Today, this is just, as I say, the fallout of the big moves as they go on with their strategy towards this uh, this perfect world order system with a world government eventually to come out of it and a totally transformed society. Um, the end of nation states except for one and also to do with uh, the, the destruction of all existing cultures and bringing a multicultural system which is really no culture at all they'll give you a new culture very much like Brave New World in fact and um, it's been written about over a hundred years ago, this this system to come in. The big bankers at the top, of course, are the guys who, uh, on behalf of others, of their own people, uh, decided to bring in the system long time ago to make it safer for themselves to exist in. And uh, the big bankers formed their own issue of International Affairs, Council of Foreign Relations. They took over all media, pretty well across the world, actually. they put in presidents and prime ministers for uh, over a hundred years now. They have their own history. And their own archives of history, and one of the professors wrote a book about it. He was the historian for the CFR, and he, he admitted all this stuff. This was the intentions of bringing this this system, and it's a mixture of communism for the masses to be ruled by massive bureaucracies and government agencies, uh, while the big boys at the top. Tr- can fly about in their, their lovely uh, private jets and so on uh, to their, and visit their beautiful islands that they own across the world while we go down. This present phase is, is a takedown phase as they t- introduce agenda 21 to its full, gradually step by step to its fullness where everyone's off the land into the overcrowded cities where they're already crumbling and uh, and you'll die off basically. You'll die off you'll have no children. Most folk don't have children nowadays and um at least live ones, and uh, and eventually they'll bring out their their proper amount of slaves for the future. And out of that, they'll even have transhumanism where they'll create perfect slaves to serve the masters once and for all. And then these ones at the top, they've always complained about being attacked down through history, will have no problems at all with that from from then on. So help yourself to the archives. Remember, two, you bring me to you. You can buy the books and discs at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. You can also donate and from the U.S. to Canada. Don't forget that you, know, you can use personal checks to Canada. And you can also use international postal money orders from the post office to Canada. Or send cash. Or you can use PayPal. And across the world, Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal once again. And uh, last night, of course, I couldn't get on because there were ice pellets coming down. And the telephone lines were all sagging covered in ice. And all you had was a massive hum. And that happens every winter, one or two times generally in between, uh, melting and sudden freezing again. And that's just how it goes. So I'm back tonight and everything's okay. Let's hope it stays this way for a while. And the temperature's well before, below uh, zero now. So we're back to normal. But as I say, everyone talks about the fallout and the side effects. And we forget, too, we've all been trained, culturally trained for many years now, to all feel guilty of asking why it's all happening, or especially we start to think of who's all behind it. And certain things you can't talk about, of course, uh, simply augment that, too. It's like Sunstein said, we've got built-in default positions into our mind when we go in certain areas to ask why is this all happening, who's at fault, etc., etc. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix and talking about reality because reality is very very different from the one that's projected to you, the one that most folk adopt actually and uh, the one that they get mainly from the television screen and movies. In fact they get all their history uh, from television and it's all skewed or basic lies, uh, pretty well most of it in, in the first place. But it doesn't matter, because uh, when you see it, you're using your senses, of course, and you use emotion, and they can embed along with the emotion in the scenes that you see. Um, the Things will stay in your mind forever and give you a fake idea that you'll never shake off of what the past was in certain events and so on. But the, plan, the, the, the future is always planned by the dominant minority, and dominant minorities change, remember, and you're under a different dominant minority today than you were, say, over 100 years ago. And we go along with, with the course of the dominant minority and their goals. And they always have goals. Their goals are always to maintain themselves down through history and to make sure they always have power down through history and their offspring do too. That's what ethnic conflict is generally all about. And all, all war is down through history or ethnic conflicts. We forget all that, you know. And it's interesting to see that the US, and there's a lot of flack about the US being used uh, uh, as really the whipping boy for israel there 's no doubt about that there 's so many articles out there because all of the when the new American century group got in and if you could understand what, what the PNAC group were, they were first israel fristers, actually, and before that they were simply called themselves liberals or neoliberals. liberals, and they were formed out of a whole bunch the history of the history of, about them before is quite interesting to see who they are. And, of course, they backed George Bush. He's a little frontman, But this, the same agenda goes on regardless because Obama's taken over and Rumsfeld himself from the previous lot uh, congratulated him for carrying on the same agenda. And this agenda is a very long-term goal. Believe you me, nothing happens spontaneously today uh, out of the blue. This doesn't happen at all. It takes, it takes years to plan wars and so on. And if you go back into Reagan's era, you'll find that Gene uh, Kirkpatrick, for instance, that was a lefty, supposedly, was brought on board his team because she had good ideas, said reading Regan, and uh, that she wanted to expand America's policing role across the world. And rather than attack this country, maybe 20 years' time, and that one 30 years' time, uh, what we should do and go back and forth, we'll set up bases in all the countries we simply go in and conquer. And then we can expand those bases and we'll have military presences ready to go into the next country and attack them. So that's what America's been doing for, for years and years and years. And not, but not on behalf of America. You understand? The average person back in America gets nothing out of this at all. But the corporations certainly do. And the corporations are international and they have nothing to do with America except maybe by putting a base in it uh, or an office in it. And that's about it. But it doesn't matter, we're well on our way to this international system and all works hand in glove with the United Nations, another front group put out there to bring in this world order, this type of world order by the same people, Brawl Issue of International Affairs, Council and Foreign Relations. And as I say, they strategize way, way, way in advance. Now, here's an article from 2011 and it says a US military base in Africa and it says, uh, it says The, United, the U.S. Uh, military is literally announced in 2012 where on the continent of Africa it will headquarter its much-maligned Africa command. That's called AFRICOM. The proposed military base is presently based in Stuttgart, Germany, because no African country has yet expressed willingness to host American troops. And it says, The U.S. uh, has military bases dotted across across the globe, and Africa is the only continent that so far resisted a formal and permanent American military presence. However, that resistance appears to be on the verge of vanishing. The past decade has seen the U.S. increasingly casting a covetous eye on Africa's mineral resources and huge energy, energy reserves and it's secure uh, these and other strategies, strategic interests that the country wants to establish a military base on the continent to secure these mineral rights and so on. Controversy over AFRICOM returned to the fore recently when the Youth League of South Africa's ruling ANC party labeled Botswana's government a puppet regime that is likely to host the American military base. So they were arguing amongst themselves as to where, who was going to take the cash from the U.S. and let them in. And that was in 2011. And then yesterday comes out, U.S. signs deal with Niger to operate military drones in West African state. So that's where they're going to put it. And it says, uh, a U.S. parrot, it gives the, 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 the pictures and all the usual stuff. It says the U.S. already operates them from neighboring Burkina Faso. It says so they've already got bases elsewhere. The U.S. government appears to, uh, close to opening a new front in its fight against Islamist militants, you see, and planning a new base for surveillance drones in the West African country of Niger. And American forces are already assisting a French offensive in neighboring Mali that's aimed at recapturing the country's northern territory from the the hands of Islamist rebels. On Monday, the U.S. signed a military agreement with Niger that paved the way illegally for U.S. forces to operate on its soil, prompting a series of reports that the Pentagon was keen on opening new, new drones' bases there. And the news appeared to be confirmed by Niger government sources who said the U.S. ambassador Naomi uh, Bisat williams had asked Niger's president Mahouma Asufu for permission to use surveillance drones and it had been granted. So that's where it seems to have to be starting there. It that the deal with Niger has been under negotiations for some time because sudden burst of urgency after dramatic events following the French intervention in Mali. Uh, though French-led forces have swept militants from key cities in northern Mali the conflict has focused diplomatic efforts on security threats posed by Islamist groups in the vast wilderness of the Sahel and Sahara so it says here too that it is believed that the US only currently desires surveillance drones to be deployed to Niger though the agreement could pave the way for more aggressive armed drones in the future well of course it is of course that's the whole point of it and it says the move would be the latest in a gradual expansion of American surveillance drones in Africa, which have so far been operated from Burkina Faso, Ethiopia, and Djibouti in the Horn of Africa. It would represent an acknowledgement that the North and the West African regions are becoming a key battleground in the fight against Islamist groups. Well, I think they'll just keep moving these Islamist groups around the world. It's like you know, it's like George Orwell's 1984. And um, Goldstein, you know, Goldstein was the enemy. He was all over the place. Same little thing, but uh, it's all to do with looting. And believe you me, there's, there's a lot of diamonds, gold, and oil, and minerals galore. They wouldn't believe in some of these countries in Africa yet. And they've been talking about them for the last 50 years. So things are going on to plan, you see. Now, in in Britain, you got to remember, Britain's called uh, the devolved... Nation or state, and when you look up the meaning of devolution. It means basically it's a breakup. It's a breakup from the the massive centralised government that looted the people for oh, centuries, really, uh, down to the local authorities because they're so darn broke. And the government wants this money for other projects, like building big statues, and and uh, and also uh, getting more wars across the world for their big international corporations. But it says three-quarters of local authorities in England now are to put up council taxes for the poorest families. So uh, remember Mark said, gradually increasing taxes and income taxes also be, for Agenda 21, it's also property taxes and even rental taxes. So it says three-quarters of local authorities in England are Going to put the council tax of the poorest households often by hundreds of pounds. New research finds. From April, local authorities in England will take control of a previously national scheme of subsidies for the hardest-up families. It was was under the national system. Now it's devolved, usually with no working adults or those uh, working on the minimum wage. At the same time, as funding for the scheme is cut by 10%. So it's a devolved nation. And eventually, by the time they're finished And you know, this is what they want eventually I think is for them all to be um, Basically field states This is what I think uh, Britain uh, and eventually America about to be uh, field states I think that's the way they're working for it Down the road And there's a good reason for that too Those particular countries Now it says here too Who owns the Federal Reserve uh, I'll put this article up tonight too cause got Some good information on it and you got different corporations involved in it and, and people and so on For anybody who wants to go through that And this article 2 is a, an alternative to the state system and banking And it's to do with North Dakota There's a state-owned bank of North Dakota and it says, the fractional reserve banking monopoly that operates under the auspices of the privately-owned Federal Reserve System despises any trace of competition, and the bondage from debt-created money has doomed Main Street to the fate of contrite beggars in search of securing loans. Useful purposes for business financing are not sufficient reason for the qualifying of commercial credit. and As an alternative to the Federal Deposit Insurance Corps, and centralised banking, dominated by Wall Street investment bankers, can state chartered commercial banks compete separate from the favouritism shown to the, to the not too big to fail money centred banks. It says well, Alan Hodgson Brown has popularised the subject of the state owned bank and believes there's a better model for community banking. And it's already operating and it's doing rather well. So they go through how it works and how they only loan to money, not corporations. Uh, I mean, they only loan to people, actual real people, you know. And, uh, and so on and so on. And they put the money back out in loans for farmers and stuff like that. And businesses in the area. And that's how it really should be, shouldn't it? Not to, for international corporations that use it offshore. And also, tonight too, I'll bring up this article here too. And you think it's bad in, in the US? And they must get the firearms eventually off the people. Uh, that's the big agenda, of course. It's been an agenda since the Communists, well, they called themselves Communists in those days. It started back in the 1920s in the US. But uh, you think it's bad there. In Scotland, they're going to license air guns. That's all that left here is air guns. We'll license them. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, talking about Scotland, how far Scotland, I mean Scotland really is under this big experiment, and, and communism really, and scientific communism, where they want to alter everyone's behaviour, and I've, I've mentioned before on this this uh, broadcast how many articles they've brought in the past to do with um, new projects monitoring babies from for psychology tests for god's sake for about two months on and onwards and so on to make sure there's nothing wrong and get early intervention and all that kind of stuff but it's to be gone throughout your life so it's a big big uh test bed there for the new man the new man who's you know estrogen has really taken over him, and you know he wants to sit home and knit or something like that so now they're trying to get the air guns off them there so they won't even start shooting so young boys won't have you know maybe even catapults left i suppose and uh, and it's all and I'm not kidding about that too. This is what it's about, folks. It's to show that you can literally train instincts out of people, especially the male, for world peace. You understand? So that the dominant minority can rule you all as slaves. That's what it's for. So I'll put this article up tonight, and you can actually sign this this uh, this this article here and, and enter complaining to the government and so on. Uh, so they can oppose it and all the rest of it, because they've nothing left. I mean, they've nothing left, really. That's about it. They won't be happy till, the, the, literally, there's the, 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 the Chinese tourists visiting Scotland. It's supposed to be a tourist industry now. Watching guys, I don't know what they're supposed to do, sit and play, you know, marbles or tiddlywinks in their back gardens and just slobber from their, their mouths. Now they're all altered, you know. But, uh, that's what they want. And I'm not kidding you, that's what they want. There's a good reason for that, for them wanting that to happen there too. And while we're going through all this this incredible um, mayhem and shake-up and change and austerity and multiculturalism and end-of-nation states and all that, all happening at the same time on cue, that's why you got to really do it at the same time. Once you have the people stampeding, you understand, the herd, they call them, stampeding, uh, then they, they can't stop and concentrate and fight one particular thing. There's too many things to fight. They just simply start running. And when they do that, they can introduce so many changes so quickly, uh, you just accept them. You simply just accept them. It's not until you stop running, you say, my God, where are we now? And then you find you have no rights and so on. All, it's all gone Completely new system This is a psychological technique And, and it's a warfare strategy too Everything you're going, going through An Argus drone uh, That they've got up now is, just Can spot you from 20,000 feet With camera phone sensors And um, they're showing you that uh, This is uh, the Argus After the 100-eyed god of Greek myth So all these cameras And it works by hooking together Hundreds of inexpensive image sensors Like those found in mobile phones The non-classified parts were featured last week in an episode of the PBS show Nova, all about drones and surveillance. The Argus segment starts at the half hour mark, it says. So, that's one of the many things they're putting up, and they're so happy to put this up, because most folks see this and they feel helpless. This is to make you feel even more helpless. Like, what can you do about it? They've got all these things watching you. They're watching what you watch on the internet, they're watching, they're reading all your mail, I mean, you're a slave already, uh, completely a slave. If you're in prison, for instance, uh, you, all your mail is checked going in and out and confiscated if, if they don't like it, in fact. Well, that's where you are. You're going into that phase now, folks. You don't need bars to be in a prison. <laughs> you're in one already. Now, to do, I've read that articles before where uh, the Assistant Prime Minister of Britain, when Tony Blair was in, came out, and I read these articles saying that uh, Blair... Uh, wanted to really push the envelope and, and, and multiculturalism and open the floodgates to, to all kinds of people coming into Britain, a country that already had no work, for God's sake, a, a country that they've been already saying, oh, it's already overpopulated, we've got to reduce the population drastically, and, and all the white folk there aborted their children or had one child or 1.1 child per family because they were doing what they were told. But it's never good enough. Then it says, oh, there's not enough left to pay off the national debt. That was the excuse. But Blair's uh, assistant said that um, Blair wanted to eradicate the culture forever, the British culture, so they could never reform again. There's a good reason for that, too. Cause it's all part of the big plan, especially Britain. And it says here that Tony Blair is a national hero now, if you're a Polish, he says. The former prime minister was given an award by the country for helping thousands come to live in Britain. And they're grateful for, for Blair's open-door immigration policies. And Blair said, I have a lot of admiration for Poland and the Polish people. Well, he's a man for all seasons, eh? And the number of Polish people who lived in Britain now stands approximately 625,000. And I've got millions of other folk flooding in because they keep advertising you'll get welfare here. And then that's a fact, folks. That's what is part of a strategy. Strategy. And it's working awfully well. It's working awfully, awfully well. Also, this article, too, is about uh, all personal information stored by British Internet users on major cloud computing services, including Google Drive, can be spied upon routinely without their knowledge by U.S. authorities under the newly approved legislation It can be disclosed. Uh, So the cloud computing has exploded in recent years in a flexible, cheap way for individuals, companies and governments, bodies to remotely store documents and data. According to some estimates, 35% of UK firms use some form of cloud system with Google Drive, Apple, iCloud and Amazon Cloud Drive, the major players. But it's now emerged that all documents uploaded on cloud systems based in the US are falling under Washington's jurisdiction and can be accessed and analyzed without a warrant by American security agencies. And I'll be Israel, too, because they'll work together. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix and talking about the cloud computing and how the US, as uh, the governments and the NSA and so on, can get into anything. It says here that it's only now that privacy campaigners and legal experts are waking up to the extent of the intrusion. This is Casper Bowden, who served as chief privacy advisor to Microsoft Europe for nine years until 2011, told the Independent, what this legislation means is that the US has been able to mine any foreign data in US clouds since 2008 and nobody noticed. Significantly, bodies such as the National Security Agency, FBI, and CIA can get, gain access to any information that potentially concerns U.S. foreign policy for purely political reasons, with no need for any suspicion that national security is at stake, meaning that religious groups, campaigning organizations, and journalists could be targeted. The information can be intercepted and stored in bulk as it enters the U.S. via undersea cables crossing the Atlantic Ocean. And this is Mr. Bowden, who now works as an independent advocate for privacy rights and co-authored a report for the European Parliament, warning of the threat to clouds posed by FISA, uh, criticized the UK Information Commissioner's Office for giving free reign to the US authorities. And it says the body which places data to protection laws in the UK effectively ruled that companies were right to pass information over to foreign government requests as the disclosure was made in accordance with a legal requirement such as visa. But Mr Bowden said every time we make a a bridge of trust or commit an indiscretion using a social network or webmail, think how a foreign country can use that information for its own purpose to influence policy and politics. Drafts of documents prepared online, uh, who is in contact with each other. All of this can be captured and analyzed using data mining algorithms, much more advanced than those offered by public search engines. So it goes on and on and on. But, I mean, you know, there's no privacy at all in in, any electronic media whatsoever. There's no privacy whatsoever. And also, the cops have got another so-called uh, non-lethal weapon, it says here, that can uh, shoot and capture your DNA. That's for people who are running away, and they can hit that fair distance too, partly. And it marks them with a DNA print, basically, which they can track them down with and find them later. So I'll put that one up tonight too. Now, the EU, the European Union, this great parliament that nobody wanted, Except the ones who came up with the, with the decisions, on the communists long ago, to bring uh, Europe together. Uh, under, because Marx was the first guy who mentioned it, uh, and talked about trading blocks across the world, which is all pretty well happening right now. Europe's already happened. And years ago, they told the British public, uh, oh, if we don't join it, we'll be left behind. We'll be left behind in an utter poverty. Look at the mess they're in now in perpetual debt forever. They can never pay off. The EU is to send food worth 2.5 million euros to Ireland, it says. Until 2012, only cheese was provided to Irish charities under the scheme. And charities can now apply for butter and rice. Isn't that good? Butter and rice can apply for. This is the great EU. You know, you all get rich, you all do well. Until 2012, only cheese was provided to Irish charities. So I anyway, know it says... Um, They're set to receive more than 2.5 million euros' worth of EU-funded butter, rice and cheese throughout 2013. The package is part of a 500 million uh, euro worth of food sent to a total of 19 EU member states under the Food for the Most Deprived Programme. God, we're doing well in Europe, eh? Irish aid has increased each year because of demand. This year's funding is nearly double what Ireland received in 2012, when it was provided with 1.3 million euro out of 113 million on offer from the EU. In 2011, when total funding reached 480 million euro, Ireland received close to 1.2 million. Until 2012, only cheese, and it says the same thing again, the food will be delivered at various times during the year to cold stores where registered charities can apply to collect them, for food banks and so on. This is going to happen across a lot more countries in Europe. It already is actually. Because this is only, it mentions that there's other states too. There's there's 18 other ones on top of this getting food. As they all get plundered, as they borrow money from their banks to throw at saving Spain and Italy, and it's Greece and all the rest it's all bank chronology it's the greatest plan ever to get everyone born, generations of people perpetual, forever, infinite generations born into slavery paying off previous debt, that's what it is folks compound interest, you can't pay it off, you can't pay it off it's made that way also the insanity of government and it really is once you get into the bureaucracy's minds, uh, the bureaucrats have a strange brain and uh have countless meetings and countless meetings over the same articles over and over. And the federal plan says to save the spotted owl is to shoot the barred owl, right? The, the phrase robbing Peter to pay Paul comes to mind when considering a new plan by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to save the endangered northern spotted owl. The plan is to shoot barred owls, a principal competitor of the spotted owl. It's as though the USFWS policy hasn't officially been released yet, the Oregonian, it says, reports is likely to include a strategy to kill off between 1,200 and 1,500 bar from Northern California through Oregon and Washington. This is a wrenching decision that splits wildlife biologists and environmentalists, killing one native animal to benefit another native animal. Especially a big, beautiful raptor, fantastic bird, is one that biologists put it. as such a leap that the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service hired an environmental ethicist to guide its discussions. This ethicist, again, is all eugenics and stuff. I mean, they have human ethicists, too, to decide for all of us who should live and die. Old, old plan, mind you, but here it is and that's how they were discuss about killing us off too should we kill this bunch off here and save that bunch there <laughs> you think I'm kidding don't you so there you go, you kill off one, you save the other and it'll cost uh, uh, at least a, a million dollars annually, well that's what they're going to say So you know, it'll cost about 10 million annually because they always give you that way down what they initially project and Canada and Windsor, it says fluoridation is to end after 51 years of stupefying the people it says um, Windsor on Monday joined the growing number of municipalities which have voted to end the decades-old practice of adding fluoride to the water supply in the fight against tooth decay. A lot has changed in the last 60 years. Fluoride is not the be-all and end-all to prevent tooth decay. Said Mayor Eddie Francis, who voted with the majority, the motion to end it passed 8 to 3. The council's rejection of fluoride after more than five hours of debate went contrary to the almost unanimous opinion of health and dental experts. <laughs> the vote shares in the company that sells fluoride, as well as others with scientific backgrounds, was present amongst the 27 delegations who spoke at the meeting. And um, and so all these desolate places got off of the awful awful stuff that makes your bones brittle and makes you awfully stupid as well, which they've known for a hundred years. And uh, as mentioned before, Scotland there was a test bed for a really um, complete makeover of of the human mind. The human mind. The EU itself has also got uh, a new brain project, the Human Brain Project. It, it gave millions into this just recently. I'll put a link up on that too. And the whole thing is to, f- to find out exactly, not 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 just bits and pieces of how the brain works, but exactly all of how the brain works, so that you can you know alter all of us much much easier. But anyway, Glasgow is a test bed for all this stuff. The one 24 million UK government grant intended to make it one of the UK's first smart cities. And it's just a country that really, really needs... What it is, is a big bailout and giveaway to the corporations that have all uh, the cameras and so on and IBM that's behind smart cities. That's what it is. It's not meant to make the citizens happy and say, you know, we're all smart now. No, it's just to give. It's a big giveaway again, because we're all in. in a, at the top, it's really a fascist system that runs it all. You see, where corporations work with government directly. In fact, most of the guys in government have been in corporations, then they go back once they leave government back into the corporations. That's fascism. But for the rest of the folk below, you're just in the, under the communist type system. And also this one here too. It says the hidden connection between viruses, cancers. And, and vaccines, it says here. It's quite interesting, too, talking about the history of some of the diseases that are now commonly being uh, vaccinated against, like hepatitis B. It even tells you when it first broke out in Germany and why it broke out in Germany. It, it was given for the first time and discovered after they gave them the smallpox vaccine in the 1800s, 1883 it was. And they got, got the first, uh, the, f- the first uh, people came out with uh, hepatitis B. And since then, of course, it's spread by HBV, uh, by, by uh, injection users uh, and drug users, and also by very promiscuous people, supposedly. So, it goes through some of the histories that you don't know about. That's quite interesting. And also, this article here, too, is another one. Is an insect spy drone. Now, I don't know if you know it, but these insect spy drones, many, many moons ago were talked about. Uh, for assassination purposes too and we're trying to discuss uh, in the Pentagon and other places in Britain too important uh, downs how they could create these things that could target people in a crowd and kill them or disable them and here we have an insect spy drone and it says here it can take photographs and DNA samples so it can literally inject something into you and take. A, so it's a little on the lines it's not going to just take DNA samples of you uh, it's, it's a fantastic uh, covert way of killing folk Bumping them off Fly right to you It won't bother anybody else And then down you go with some obscure disease You know, you just drop dead These things go on folks This is the real world And the real world problem people Get put out of the way one way or another This is the real world Forget all the movies that you see They've got all these laws at the top and they can't break them and they've got to be sincere and all the rest of it. No, no, no. They bump people off all the time. That's the real world. It's getting worse, actually, all the time now with the present society. And also, too, we all know that Israel attacked Syria. And I don't think it's the first time, actually. I think they had something to do with... uh, There was a Palestinian refugee camp in Syria got bombed, too. And I think that was could have been one of the airplanes as well a, a few weeks ago. But uh, anyway, this time they went in there and they, they they got heavily involved. People probably don't remember, again, talking about the the project for New American Century and the neocons. And you got to understand what the neocons are. And they're, they're not the regular American conservatives at all, by any means, by a long shot. But, um, you know, as I say, you, you have to understand that to understand what's happening today. If you don't understand that, you won't know what's happening today. Anyway, and uh, as I say, um, you've got this attack now in Syria. Now, at the time 9-11 happened, and then, of course, they went to Afghanistan. Next thing they knew, uh, Bush and the, the boys changed the sights to Iraq. had nothing to do with it. And even had the surveys in Canada. And the surveys were to see how long it took the press to convince the American people that Iraq were the culprits behind 9-11. It was all nonsense. It was so simple it was done, but they actually had it in the the Canadian media, the tactics that were used in the States to sort of guide them, just like changing the gun sights quietly on Iraq and how folk just went along with it without even thinking. It all seemed quite natural to them. Great techniques, you know. It's like Orwell says, you know, who were we fighting today in 1984? East Asia or West Asia? It kept changing all the time. But anyway, at the time, and the Israeli really papers they mentioned, all that time back, the other countries that they wanted taken out. The same list, by the way, that the, the Peanut group had. And they wanted the US troops to go straight on from Iraq and into Syria at the time. That, that's all their enemies are getting taken out, you understand. That's it. They were not American enemies, but uh, they are now. <laughs> now the America's been attacking them all, and funding their overthrows. But anyway, it says that the Foreign Minister Ali Akbar Salehi uh, speaks at, uh, at the International Peace Envoy to Syria, Ladar Brahmini, he says. And it says here that uh, Tehran's uh, foreign minister Thursday condemned what he called Israel's brutal aggression against Syria, following claims by Damascus that the Jewish state's air force had hit a military research center. Now, there's more involved here because other papers are, are claiming that Israel, Israel claims, uh, on, or actually, papers have come out on behalf of Israel because Israel Israel's not taking responsibility for it, and saying it was, it was to do with possible um, chemical weapons. So they're blowing up that in advance, you see. And meanwhile, before that even happens, I read the article on the air here from the Daily Mail uh, that uh, Britain, a British company, had been they actually hacked some emails and found that that they, they were in, colluding with the U.S., Britain was given permission and backing them to uh, literally release chemical weapons and blame the Syrians, the Syrian government for releasing it on the people, when it was going to be the other way around. quite interesting thing. And then they pulled that the next day after I read it. But it just shows you all, all the games that are going on. You understand in war, it's essential that people be behind uh, your own country when they're off at war. So, the main prop, uh, uh, the, the target of propaganda is you, the people. Uh, you know, uh, the own people. That's, you're the target. Not the, not the foreigners, it's you who are the target of propaganda. That's what it's for. Anyway, it says, it says, following claims by Damascus, the Jewish state's air force had hit a military research center. There's no doubt this aggression is part of a Western Zionist strategy to push aside the success of the Syrian people and government to return to stability and security. Now, we know uh, that Al-Qaeda and the Muslim Brotherhood is all owned by the U.S. and and Britain and uh, and they've been funding them and shipping in the arms and so on. They also were giving them the arms from Libya and a lot of things have happened there too. But you can understand too, those people in Syria have been fighting for over, over a year now. Against incredible odds. you think they're fighting because they are been forced to fight? Do you really think that? Of course they're not. They're fighting because they don't want to lose their country. And end up in the Stone Age like the rest of the countries that have already been taken out. Now remember... That's what Kissinger said. He'd prefer that the long-term strategy is to fund all different factions, have them fighting forever after you've destroyed their infrastructure, and they'll be like that. There'll never be a problem again to Israel. And that's what you've got in Iraq and elsewhere. Meanwhile, the big corporations go in, just hire one of the bands that are fighting, and they, they protect them as they loot the place of oil and everything else. And it says, underscores the alignments of terrorist groups within the Zionist objectives, it says, using the Syrian regime's stock word for describing rebels fighting to oust President Bashar al-Assad. So on Wednesday, the Syrian army accused Israel of launching a strike on its military research center in Jamraya, near Damascus. Russia has also complained as well, and uh, a couple other places. So I'll put them all up tonight for those who give a damn. Because, you see, you're, getting, you're now into, as I say, Orwell's 1984, where the, the public themselves weren't sure who you're fighting today, and eventually you just lose track of it and give up. It's never-ending. Remember the art- article I read from the military magazine Perpetual War? This is what you're in, folks. You're paying for all, and you'll get nothing back except the debt for it. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix and we'll go to the phones. There's Joe Lee from North Carolina there. You still there, Julie?
1: Yes, Alan. Hey, I'm calling from the drone capital of the U.S. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, on that Scotland story with the air guns, you reckon they might uh, try to put some carbon taxes on those air guns?
0: Oh, no doubts. No doubts. No, yeah, Sure.
1: Well, look, uh, I I've, I've got a copy of The Next Million Years by Charles Galton Darwin
0: Yeah.
1: and actually read it. Everything that you talked about in your blurbs over the years, it's all in there. You know, yeah. the artificial use of hormones to domesticate mm-hmm. the males. He talks a lot about starvation. He even yeah. talks about sterilization and infanticide, um, international sanctions, the untidiness of nature. Mm-hmm. All of it's in there.
0: So That's I did right. my
1: own verification.
0: Yes, and it's interesting to go through uh, Charles Galton Darwin's family history because he was also, they're the, actually the related also way uh, back uh, to the Huxleys as well. And, well, and was I.
1: Truly, truly, uh, the dominant minority, a, a psychopathic uh, eugenicist, you know, it's, it's very yes. clear. But here's my question. Um, there's a chapter called The Limitation of Population. The guy's obsessed, by the way, the population, mm-hmm. if I counted how many times it was mentioned in the book, would be hundreds of times. But on page 154, this is what struck me, and if I were sitting on a bar stool, I swear I would have fallen off. But yeah. it talks about the best hope for population reduction to endure would be that it should become attached to a creed and it would not matter very much whether the creed was reasonable or unreasonable, provided that it produced the effect. That's the quote. And I, I thought, my God, he's talking about the green agenda. He's talking about earth worship, saving the planet. Yeah, yeah the,
0: the, the old, he talked about that at world meetings. What are you talking about? Yeah, he actually mentions that, and, and so did Bertrand Russell. They all worked together, these boys. They've got more in common than just that. Uh, you, you're doing their family histories, but you'll find that yeah, they know that. that it's like Bush Senior with his big idea, or Matsui Tong, who also talked about being afraid of a big idea, something on a religious kind of basis that would motivate the public. But they could also use big ideas to to to, to and with religious fervor and and use the public to go on, on a certain path that would actually be detrimental to the public, but the public would be carried away with the kind of messianic mode of it, that they'd get, they wouldn't notice what was happening. They're losing all their rights, freedoms, lands, houses, and so on. So you're, you're right on with that. And they worked hard to bring in this whole greening agenda. Uh and that was part of it. And sustainability is all tied in with it, you see or too many people, uh, austerity must come in. Uh, you're taking up the world's resources. Uh, we're all guilty. We've all got to save the planet, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's where they brought global warming into it. That's fallen flat on its face, but it's still going on with the climate change and carbon taxes. Carbon taxes uh, really is a method that's going to change all of the way that we live, and right down to the fact you won't be able to buy a house in the future. Agenda 21 ties in and with the uh, The world state will have simply rental accommodations only for the majority of the public, not for the, the elites, and there will be no private vehicles too.
1: You know, Alan, I was thinking, you know, they actually used religion back in the day, but now they've just created one. Uh, you know, created one with the whole global warming hoax leads yes. to, uh, you know, Agenda 21.
0: Yep, and they tied it in with the Green Party. When, the, when the, the Soviet system was to blend with the West, according to the Rees Commission, they've done it, and the Soviet Party created the Green Party. In fact, Madeleine Albright's grandfather was a Stalin. he came up with the idea, and the Green Party were the ones to w- usher in this whole Greening of the world, etc., etc., sustainability. Yeah, that's how it's working. But thanks for calling from Hamish. Myself, from Ontario, Canada. As good night, may your God or your gods go with you.